So at the end of last year, I did something kind of crazy. I killed off a high ticket mastermind product that was printing $180,000 a year in recurring revenue. It was one of my most favorite products. It was giving my students incredible results. Uh, I was having fun and obviously making great money doing it. And yet I killed it. And so what I want to do in today's episode is walk you through why I killed that product and then help you understand what is happening behind the scenes in making that type of decision. So this will be sort of a CEO mindset episode. And I've got three important lessons for you at the end of the episode that you have to understand that will apply to you as you start to engage your business for the first time and you start to think like a CEO for the first time, or once you become wildly successful and you have even bigger decisions to make, you need to know these three lessons so that you can make the right decision, not just an okay decision, but the right decision for you, your business, and your students. Let's discuss. Welcome back to The Graham Cochran Show, where each week I help you break down the mindset, strategies, and habits to create a highly profitable and life-giving business. I'm your host, Graham Cochran. Pumped to hang out with you today. We've got a good episode for you. If you are new to online business, or if you are in the service-based business and you want to move from just serving clients, doing one-off work, trading your time for dollars and add a passive income element to your business or just build a passive income business entirely, then I want you to go through my passive income workshop. It's about a 45-minute on-demand video training that I give out to my students for free. It'll teach you the business model. There's four components to it. It'll walk you through those components. It'll give you a swipe copy, scripts, templates to use. I'll show you all the tools that I'm using that are both paid, low-cost, and free and help you figure out your profitable business idea, which is probably the most important thing so you can go from zero to putting money in your pocket. It's, again, 100% free. Just go to grahamcochran.com slash workshop. If you're watching on YouTube, I'll link to it below. grahamcochran.com slash workshop. And after going through this video workshop, you'll know how to create your first $1,000 a month of passive income, even if you only have 30 minutes a day to work on it. Sound good? Jump on in, grahamcochran.com slash workshop. Okay. So I'm glad to be having this conversation with you. Um, Some of you also have been wondering like, Hey, where's the content been? I I had a couple of weeks where I wasn't delivering some new content. I actually had some people worried about me, which is really sweet. It's actually, actually kind of a win side note, meta win. If you're producing so much content every single week that you take off three or four weeks and people notice and they're concerned about your health and safety as if something's happened to you, I think that's a good sign, right? So I was actually, it was very endearing to me. So if you were one of those ones that was concerned about me, I'm totally fine. Uh, As you saw last week, I'm bringing on um, some new guests. I've been mentioning this as I've been expanding um, the podcast to not just be me and my voice, but bringing on other brilliant minds onto the show to help you grow your business and grow your life and expand in all areas. So we took a few weeks off as I was pre-recording a bunch of those conversations 
and we had to just restructure a lot of the workflow in the business. I've been expanding my team. So there's been a lot going on over here at GC headquarters, um, but we are back on track. And it's one of the things I hate to do, which is pump the brakes on content. I've been delivering content every single week, pretty much since 2009. So with a few exceptions, it's been something every single week since then. And so this is one of those times where there was an exception. But I'm back, and here we are in a solo episode this week. And I want to share this story because this is a really, really big deal. Um, I think people learn when you see other people's experiences reflected on. And so I'm hoping that this episode will help you out. If you don't know, I ran a mastermind called the Epic Mastermind. I launched it at the end of 2020. Um, and the idea was very simple. Uh, I have students that are beginners that are just figuring out their first online business and I have a course that helps them and I have a lot of free material here on the podcast that helps them get their business idea figured out and launched. I wrote a book about it, right? How to get paid for what you know. I mean, this is that's for the person who's like, I'm ready, let's figure this thing out. I have a bunch of students in that camp. And then I have a bunch of students in the camp that have already figured out their business. They're already creating products or serving people. They're making some money, uh, but they're just not making the amount of money they like and so they want to scale. And usually they want to be making $100,000 minimum or more. And so I have a community for them. It's called my six-figure coaching community. And it's not for beginners, but as long as you've made some money online, those people are getting coaching every single month, training, community, and so and accountability, which is huge. And I'm helping them scale up, right, to hit that six-figure mark and reduce their work hours to 20 hours a week. So $10,000 a month that only takes 20 hours a week or less to create. That's the dream. And I have a bunch of uh, hundreds of people in that community. But then I had students that were crushing it in that community who wanted one-on-one coaching. And while I used to do a lot more one-on-one coaching, I've now changed that coaching model to only two to three people at a really, really high price, year-long concierge coaching program. Uh, And that's really, really exclusive. But I had nothing in between for the people who are already doing six figures that want to scale to multiple six or a lot of them to seven figures. And they want... They don't need another book. They don't need another YouTube video. They need specific personalized coaching. And they also need more than what I can give them. They need ideas from other brilliant people. And so I was drawn to the idea of creating a mastermind, which would bring all of these people together. I wanted 12 people max. Uh, You know, Jesus had 12 disciples. I figured there's a reason why that number works well. So I wanted 12 students in the Epic Mastermind, all with different skill sets, all minimum making $100,000 a year, all givers, not just takers, all creative, all ambitious, all humble. Um, And we started to meet weekly with hot seats and coaching, all that kind of stuff. And we we did this every single week for two years. Um, And it was incredible. Um, It was a way for me to, do what I love to do, which is coaching high-level people, get them to seven figures and beyond, um, but do it in a scalable way. And just a few of the success stories of some of uh, some of the success stories that just blow me away to give you an idea of like the kind of results these students were getting. And again, I helped facilitate. I curated the group. I was the coach, but they got the results. Um, one of my students, Hope, she sold out her mastermind. She created her own mastermind, sold it out three times, generating $250,000 of income directly as a result from one mastermind session with me. One mastermind session, she figured this out. Quarter of a million dollars she created. Uh, Ico, she went from inconsistent income of around $5,000 a month when she joined the mastermind to over $30,000 a month after working with me. Michael was able to grow his revenue by an extra $40,000 per month and carve out time for him to focus on what he's most excited about in his business. 
Imagine creating an extra $40,000 a month in your business. And then Cameron was able to automate 80% of his business and cut his working hours in half. I love this. He kept his income the same, automated 80% of it, cut his working hours in half. So he could do other things that he wanted to do. Um, There's so many more success stories, but those are just some that come to mind. And not only did I love those success stories, but I just loved spending time with these people. They're some of the best people. And the great thing is I got to pick them. That's what I always told them is, look, not only did you have to apply, but you had to interview. And then I still had to choose you. Um, And there was way more people who applied than I let in the group um, because I was curating a group of people that I wanted to spend every single week with, which is important to me. I wanted to and needed to enjoy working with them. So they were incredible people, like I said, humble, yet they were high achievers, high performers, really creative, and they all came with different skill sets. Um, But at some point, probably after year one, going into year two, I knew that something needed to change. And so it was a great group, but it wasn't as amazing as it could be. Not the people, but the experience. And so I I got on the phone with members. I had my team get on the, the call calls with members. We surveyed the group. Um, we tried different things. I was trying to find a way to continue to iterate the group to make it better and make it as powerful as I knew it could possibly be. And so we got some good direction, some good feedback from the members. But interestingly enough, there was a lot of conflicting feedback as well. Not everybody wanted the same thing, which go figure. People want and need different things. Um, so there were some conflicting desires there as I was trying to solve the problem. It wasn't really a problem. It was working, but you know, yeah, I want to make it better. It's a premium product. I want to make it better. So that's happening. And then you parlay that with the fact that over the last 12 months, I've had a lot of change in my heart and in my business, new things stirring, new ideas coming up, new desires being birthed. And I was trying to figure out what to do with them. Um, I've tried to tell the story to friends before, but I, I started this business as a side hustle to my first online business. I mean, I, w- I was as happy as could be financially. I was hitting all my goals when I had launched the Recording Revolution. That, that thing was doing over a million dollars a year. I was very happy. It took me about five, six hours a week to run. But I had this urge to start this personal brand to teach online business as a, almost like a creative outlet. And then, of course, I'm a business owner and entrepreneur. So I was like, well, I'll monetize it. And I was doing some coaching anyway. And so I was like, I'll launch a course. And I want to make some money off of it and, and make it good and treat it like a, a fun project. But then it just took off. It took off and then that, this became a seven-figure business. And it was reaching people and impacting people in a powerful way that I was just falling in love with this business. And I reached all my goals that I had for this business. I thought, you know what? If I could do a million dollars a year in a second business and know that I wasn't a fluke, that would be a win. Well, I did that, hit all my goals, got the book published that was, I wanted to write the book on online business. I literally did, how to get paid for, you know. Um, and so I'm sitting here last year thinking, what, what else is there? Now I'm... I'm admittedly small-minded. I'm trying to learn how to think even bigger. Learning to have a big vision is, is, is not natural for me, but I'm surrounding myself with people that have ridiculously huge visions, ridiculously huge visions. And that's the, the goal of me surrounding myself around those people is to sort of breathe in some of that oxygen and let it rub off on me. Um, as of mid last year, a lot of my goals were getting clear. And I realized, especially after a lot of time in prayer, I realized that I felt like my calling wasn't to stay where I was. It was to grow and expand. And I felt like God gave me a big five-year vision, um, way bigger than anything I'm doing right now 
scary big, exciting big makes sense, but seems impossible at the same time. And so as I was seeing that vision and seeing the problems that, you know, that I was trying to solve in the mastermind, I started to have this intuitive sense that I needed to move on from the mastermind. And then here's the deal. That all sounds nice. And this is the problem with telling stories in hindsight is that it sounds very linear and very clean, but in reality, it's a lot messier than that. I had this intuitive sense probably 10 months before I shut it down that I think I need to shut this down. Um, but I didn't act on it. I kind of ignored that intuition, that feeling, um, and I rationalized my way out of it. I said, that doesn't make sense. It's, you know, it's again, $180,000 a year recurring. Like, and it's the most fun thing I do each week. I show up for 90 minutes and I, and I hang out with really incredible people and I coach them and I listen to them. Some weeks I don't even have to speak because I don't have the expertise in the area that we're talking about and let one of the other members speak. Uh, it, it's fun. So I'm like, it's fun. It's highly profitable. It only takes me, and this is the language I kept using. It only takes me 90 minutes a week to generate that kind of revenue. Um, I, I rationalized it that like I need a premium product. Like what else could I offer those students that, that have outgrown my course and my membership and they need more? Um, so I, I had rationalized myself into staying in the group. And I was like, I'll just make it better. Um, it'll work alongside my goals. It'll be fine. But eventually it made itself clear as I got to the end of last year that I needed to make a change. Um, and as much as I was rationalizing how little time it took and how easy it was, there was, there was mental space that this group was taking up in my mind, caring for those 12 individuals, wanting to show up fully every week and create a powerful coaching experience for them every week. Um, and I knew that if I wanted to reach my goals, which involve 10xing, like 10xing revenue, 100xing the impact that as much as I love this group and as much as they love the group, um, and I had members in there from day one that had been with me for over two years, um, I couldn't continue to facilitate this group and reach my goals at the same time. It just, it was taking up not just physical space in my calendar, but mental space. And so I... I made the hard decision. And again, it was so hard because I was killing a good thing um, for an unknown thing. And so let's, I want to talk about this. There's, there's times when you know you need to kill a bad thing, but it's harder to kill a good thing than a bad thing. So the good thing about this group, it was good money. It was fulfilling work. It was having impact on people that were having massive impact in the world. Um, and I was trading that for an uncertain but potentially greater thing, which would be potential more money, potentially more fulfillment, potentially more impact. Again, not certain, um, very hazy, not super clear the what, it, how it was going to transpire, just sort of like the vision, the concept was there. Um, and then here's the other layer to it is that my entire business model is built around serving others. I mean, think about it. What I'm doing right now, spending time out of my week, creating content that's valuable, that's actionable, that's literally life-changing if you apply it for free, putting it out there for free, uh, serving people over and above what they're paying for me in my community, in my course, in my coaching. I love serving others. That's the bedrock of my business. 
it should be the bedrock of your business. And yet, and yet, what do they tell you on the airplane when they say the oxygen masks are gonna fall from the ceiling? In the event of low pressure, oxygen masks will fall. And they tell you, if you're sitting next to a child, please put on your own oxygen mask first before assisting the children or someone else that needs assistance. Why do they do that? Are, are they telling you to be selfish and say, forget the kid, take care of yourself first? No, they're saying, if you don't put on your oxygen mask and you're trying to put on theirs, there's a good chance you could pass out if you don't get it on in time. And then you're no good to them or anybody else. So make sure you put yours on so you can breathe so that you can serve the child or person next to you or other people on the plane. And this was something, I had a conversation with Ramit Sethi years ago when I was even thinking about transitioning from the recording revolution to starting my own personal brand. I had this intuition that I needed to do it, wanted to do it, um, that had such a hard time convincing myself. And I was on the phone with him and he brought up the oxygen mask. He's like, bro, you got to put on your own oxygen mask or you're going to die. You're going to burn out and you're of no good to them or to anybody. And so I've carried that advice with me throughout the years, anytime I've needed to make a big decision or a pivot. And it felt like this was one of those moments where as much as I love serving people in this moment, I think I have to put on my own oxygen mask, do the things that are life-giving to me that are gonna serve my goals moving forward so that I can serve more people like them and actually have a hundred X impact, which is really, really hard to do because I love people, I love serving people. So, um, it's one of those decisions as a CEO, you're gonna have to make decisions that aren't just good for your business, but are good for you and your life. And that's hard. Closing down this group was one of those decisions. I never intended to close down this group. I intended this to be a perpetual group that would only grow. It would grow in price. It would grow in members if I needed to. It would grow in its scope, you know, more live events, retreats, things like that. Um, And... I think there are going to be opportunities to do those things in the future. I believe I'll be able to come back and relaunch a new group and it'll be an iteration of that. But I've known in this season, I needed to shut it down. Sow some important seeds in the ground, which is really hard to do because when you sow seeds, you don't even have to be a farmer to understand this analogy. When you sow seeds, you don't see the fruit of your labor right away. But if you don't sow seeds, you will not see any fruit. So you have to plant something in the ground. And I've needed to plant things in the ground and begun to do that. And I believe that there will be a harvest that will I will look back and be so grateful that I took time out and energy out of my weeks to plant some new seeds, to grow something new. I'll have a bigger harvest than I currently have, more money, more impact, more satisfaction and fulfillment. So I closed the group. Um, that was sad. Uh, come January, the money went away. <laughs> that was sad. Um, but you know, when you make a decision and then a week or two later, now that you've made that change and you can't go back and it's over, you have a gut feeling that either it was a moment of regret or a moment of peace. Um, it's been nothing but peace as hard as it was, as sad as it was, and as sad as it is to see my bank account take that dip uh, in, in the short term, I've never regretted it. I've known it was the right decision to make. In fact, I knew it the day I, I sent out the announcement video to my members. As hard as it was to film that, the moment it went out, I had instant peace, which is a barometer for me. 
um, peace is a barometer for me. In, in scripture, it says, let um, the peace of Christ rule your hearts. Um, and if you look at the word in, in the Greek, it really means to be an umpire. So an umpire makes a call, right? It says it's this or that. And so I, I feel like peace Especially if you know if you're a person of faith, and you have faith in God. I feel like peace is a helpful decision-making barometer. When you think about a decision or you make a decision, and and peace follows, that you know you're going in the right direction. And so for me, instant peace. So I wanted to share this with you, um, not to talk about myself, but to just let you in and bring it home to three important lessons for you. And we'll wrap up with this. I I believe that this message is for somebody listening right now. Um, because you're making big decisions, hard decisions. It may not be a $180,000 year decision. It might be $1.8 million year decision. It doesn't really matter the zeros behind it. It's going to impact you. There's a reason why it's a hard decision, right? If, if, it, if it weren't hard, and then it, this wouldn't be hard, right? So three lessons um, that I think will serve you well, because what I want you to have is a wildly successful and profitable business, but a life-giving business as well. You don't want to make money and zap yourself of life. You want to make money and life at the same time. And so you're going to have to make different decisions than what everybody else is doing. So lesson number one is don't let money drive your decisions. Don't let money drive your decisions. Um, Money plays a part. Money has a voice. Um, But if you're driving down the car, or you're driving down the road in a car, and there's a bunch of passengers in the car, um, money can be in the car, and money can share his or her opinion about, hey, I think this would be good for you. You could do this with the money or whatever. But money shouldn't be in the driver's seat of the car controlling where the vehicle goes. Make sense? Money can have a seat at the table, but money shouldn't be the CEO of your company making all the decisions at the end of the day. Right? If I have a board of advisors, I'm going to listen to them. There's a reason why they're on the board. They're wise, they're smart, they have insight. And as the scripture says, in an abundance of counselors, there's safety. All right, so bring on the counsel. I want to listen to a lot of different people. But at the end of the day, I need to make the decision. So money can't be the driving decision maker. You can't say, well, it makes me a lot of money. That's not a good enough reason to do anything or not do something. Right? Don't let money drive your decisions. For me, $180,000 a year. You know, honestly, it doesn't affect my lifestyle. Uh, it's still $180,000 a year. I could think of a lot of things to do with that money, right? Um, I'm going to have to make up that money. You know, to keep all my financial goals, whether it's giving or investing or lifestyle, I'm going to have to replace that money somehow, some way. Um, it does mean something to me. Um, it won't make me go broke, but it's significant. I mean, if it's not significant to you, that's fine, but it's significant to me. Um, so it was a, something I thought about, you know, it's a lot of money, but at the end of the day, I can't let that be the only decision-making factor. Uh, number two lesson, Bill, be willing to sacrifice good things for greater things. This is so hard for me. Even if you don't know what those greater things are. Okay. Going back to my intuition, if you have a gut feeling that there's something more you could be contributing to the world, there's uh, a bigger way you could show up in life and have impact. If you just have that gut feeling, it may not be crystallized. It may not be in front of you like, oh yeah, here's your book deal. Here's your new business idea. Here's your whatever. 
but you have a sense that more is in store for you and more is required of you in a good sense, not in a legalistic sense, but like you, you feel like you can rise to the occasion and contribute more, man, that is, that is a great thing to know. Even if it's not crystallized, even if it's a little unsure, that is real. I want you to know that that is real. Most people don't have that sense, but if you have that sense that there's greatness on the other side, we usually don't run towards it because we're scared, but it doesn't mean it's not real. It is real, and the people that do great things are the ones that fight the fear and, and pursue that intuitive hunch, right? I believe the Holy Spirit speaks to me and speaks to us um, and gives me those intuitive moments. It may not be clear and crystallized. For me, it wasn't clear or crystallized at first, but I had a sense there's something more for me. I need, I can and need to do more and want to do more. And so even though this is a good thing, I think there's a greater thing in store for me. And so I'm willing to sacrifice this good thing, a known good thing for an unknown greater thing. And that's the beauty of taking a risk as an entrepreneur is it's scary. It's crazy. Most people won't do it. Most people will hold on to the one known good thing, but we have a high value of certainty and we want certainty almost at all costs. So we will trade out, we'll trade, uh, Abundance will trade, impact will trade, um, adventure will trade deep fulfillment and satisfaction for certainty. Uh, and man, that was a hard one for me because I, I have a really good life, but I was willing to give up something certain for something uncertain that's still not fully realized, but I already see the fruit of my labor in progress. And that relates to the way I had to make this decision, and this might be relevant to you, and this is something that my coach Rich Litvin said, and I wrote it down because it really spoke to me, and it was exactly when I was going through this decision-making process. So maybe that's why my eyes were open to it. He says, space is where miracles happen. Space is where miracles happen. Um, do you have enough blank space in your calendar, in your mind, to create new things? The greatest books, products, keynote talks, life-changing inventions, ideas only come when there is space for them to grow. They don't come from very busy people who are running around like chickens with their heads cut off, filling every single moment of their day every single day of their week, every single week of their year. And they also don't come from people who, even if they have lots of physical space in their calendar, aka me, they don't come to people like that if there's no white space in their minds, always thinking about business, always thinking about the thing they got to do, always thinking about this. If there is no blank space in your mind, you can't create anything new. This is why most people's lives are pretty mediocre. They don't do great things. They don't achieve the things they want to achieve. They don't have the experiences they want to have because they are just going and going and going and going and going and going and they don't create space in their calendar or their minds. They don't practice stillness. They don't practice solitude. They don't practice rest or Sabbath. They don't take a walk without listening to something. They don't drive in their car without also watching a movie or listening to a bajillion podcasts. And I know I have a podcast and maybe you're driving or walking, listening to this. 
But if every moment of your day, if every red light in the car, you're on back on your phone, like if every moment while you're at the gym, you're texting in between sets, if everything is multitasking and if every moment of blank space in your mind and in your calendar is filled up, you're going to live a mediocre life. You're not going to create anything new. You're not going to create any miracles. Space is where miracles happen. And I knew that I needed to create not only physical space in my calendar every week by getting rid of that call, but the mental space of not needing to be responsible for these 12 incredible people um, so that I can think. And literally my calendar this year has blocks of time where I just sit and think or I walk and think. I just had a two-hour walk today. I don't listen to anything. I don't talk to anybody. I just walk in silence. And ideas come. Ideas come. I write them down on my notes app and I just keep moving. Ideas come. Random thoughts. A person pops in my mind. A thing I should pursue. And I'm at the beginning of this journey, but I know in 12 months, 24 months, 36 months, there is going to be physical manifestations of these ideas that I'm creating right now in this white space. It's going to be lots more money, a lot more impact, and a lot more fulfillment. But it's starting by me creating space right now to generate new ideas, to plant new things in the ground and watch those seeds grow. So what about you? Where are you letting money drive your decisions in your business? What good thing or good things in your life or business do you need to sacrifice in order to do greater things? And where can you create more space in your calendar and in your mind so you can have your own miracles? If you're watching on YouTube, leave me a comment below. Let me know which one of those lessons resonates with you. If you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you consume these podcasts, take a second. Write it down. What's coming up for you? What is that thing? What's that decision that just instantly comes to mind. Oof. Makes you uncomfortable, makes you a little scared. What is it? Something's coming to mind for you. Take note of it. Don't let this moment pass. At least just take note of it. Come back to it later if you need to. So there you go, friend. I hope that was helpful. I hope opening up the curtain a little bit to my decisions as a CEO um, are insightful for you. I sure wish I had this kind of stuff when I was getting started to know how other people that are doing what I want to do think, how they think, how they process hard decisions. Uh, and I'll keep you in the loop. There are a lot of new things at play and a lot of new incredible plates spinning. Uh, I'm really excited about it. And you're a part of it. If you're listening to this, you're a part of it. Uh, and you're going to see the journey. So I'm going to continue to share as I go, share new insights I'm going to continue to be an open book and you'll see, you're going to see a lot of the new stuff coming. So thanks for your time today. Thanks for jumping on this episode with me. And if you need to take a next step and you want to build that passive income workshop, a uh, passive income business, I should say, you should take the passive income workshop. It's free. It's about 45 minutes. The business model can change your life. Just check it out at grahamcochran.com slash workshop or click the link below this video if you're watching on YouTube. And I will see you on another episode real soon. 